0: Hello and welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host Gary Morgan. With me as always, my good friend Jim Stam. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm all right, Gary. I'm a little disappointed. Neither of us were protected in the Rule Five, but you know, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting over it. I thought we had a shot.
0: Oh man, I ain't been protected since I was 16, so. <laughs> <laughs> joining us uh on the show this week is our good friend from the bridge to bucktober podcast josh booth um jim and i have both been on he and his brother's show a couple times and we figured it was a good time to get josh back on we always have a good time talking to him so josh how you doing brother doing great yeah Thanks you sound me mellow on. you sound mellow as hell yeah Over. like
1: he's got this like Cool vibe going on behind him too. Like if you're not, if you get a chance to see it on on video, man, he's, he's it's swanky there. He I got does it, look I got like somebody.
0: He does look like somebody that would be all about having mushrooms legalized. So <laughs> I, I'm, <just laughs> I'm ready to go. And as a Pirates fan, I sympathize. I think about <laughs> taking psychedelics at oh, least eight, eighty times a year. So. Let's start with the obvious, right? Um, let's start with a recap of the Rule 5 decisions. I think this is an easy place to start. Um, everybody and their mother had predictions. Uh, Jim and I already kind of discussed, and I listened to your show too, Josh. I think we all did pretty well, really. I mean, and the Pirates made it easy. Andy Rodriguez was a lock. Mike Burroughs was a lock. I don't think I saw a single person suggest that either of those two shouldn't be protected. Um, ben Sherrington made it easy by saying a handful. And <laughs> that, that, that made me instantly know it was going to be more than those two. So that made me kind of stretch a little bit because I might have stuck to my guns and thought those were the only two they should have protected. They ended up protecting, in addition to those two, Colin Selby and Jared Triolo. Um, We'll get into the cuts in a minute. Did anything surprise you on the protection side of things? Uh, I know that in the the piece that Craig and I wrote on Inside the Bucks Basement, both had mentioned Colin Selby. We both completely ignored Jared Triolo. So, Josh, I'll start with you. What did you think, man? Uh, Everything
2: kosher here? Jared Triolo, certainly. Certainly surprised me. I uh, I didn't expect to see that. Um, Colin Selby, I, I there was a lot of buzz. I heard that. So I heard people saying it. I didn't have e- I didn't have either one of those. The other two are easy. MLB.com did a thing that said, um, in the last eight years, all 88 top 100 prospects that were eligible for the Rule 5 were added to their roster. So right. there, there was no way that wasn't going to happen. And all of them, I think... Fourteen or fifteen, just this year, all of them were added. So, yeah, I that, the last that time easy.
0: The last time it didn't happen, I, I can't remember the year. I want to say, I want to say it was twenty ten. The Atlanta Braves accidentally left um, one of their top one hundred players off, and their turn came up in the roll five, and they selected their own guy.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: Wow. Oh. <laughs> and I can't remember his name, but it's the only oh, you instance come with of it. That you that that don't think have of. a
2: name?
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> that
1: is, I've never heard that. But hey, listen, thank God it wasn't the Pirates. Like, that's all I think about when I hear something <laughs> like that. It wasn't the Pirates. Yeah. Well,
0: you're dead right, Jim. I mean, because it definitely <laughs> sounds like a Pirates thing. But while we're at it, what did you think, man? I mean, we, we didn't discuss Jared though. but no. what did you think of everything? Everything on par or anybody left off that you think should have been on?
1: No, I think we both thought that, um, we, we, we both felt good about noon's not making it. We, uh, went back and forth a little bit about Gorski. I know there's some trepidation there. I'm, I'm still okay with that. I know his name's popping up some, um, let me get back to who they did protect though. The Triolo thing, man, it really, I've tried to make sense of it afterwards, even you know, and um, I I I I don't understand it. I I I just don't think that that, that is a guy that a lot of teams are just going to go out there and 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 want to pluck from you. I, I
0: let me chuck a couple I, theories at you guys. Well, because, let,
1: yeah. let me just finish up with Selby and just say the only thing I will say about Selby is look. Pitchers, you don't have to convince me. If you think you have something there, protect them. But yeah, Triola, that one I still afterwards, even trying to dig into it a little bit more numbers wise, I just didn't
0: see it. So here's my theories on on why a, a player like Jared Triolo gets gets uh picked here. For one, the entire league now, because of the DH, is no longer using pinch hitters. they are using defensive replacements a Mm -hmm. lot. And Jared Triolo might be, and this is arguable, but he might be the most talented defender in anybody's system. He's a, he's a gold glove winner already in the minors. And last year he was again, their defense defender of the year. He's really very close to Brian Hayes as far as third baseman go which is saying something, and he's probably their most talented shortstop. (laughs) It's also possible that he is their most talented center fielder, and I'm kind of not exaggerating. He's that good. Hmm. The bat came along last year, so I kind of understand protecting him because I think with that little bit of a change, I think you could see a team picking him up because they need defensive replacements for late innings. And he's the perfect kind of guy for that. And the other thing I'd add on there is very high likelihood they're going to trade Kevin Newman at some point this year. And um, they don't really have another really good shortstop if they need one. Jared Triolo would be that. Those are my options. Either of you have thoughts on that,
2: Josh? I, I do. I I have a comp for you for Jared Triolo. Somebody that he reminds me of, a good bit. Now, the the actual uh, like defensive, the other guy maybe maybe doesn't quite stack up, but six three two twelve he's listed at. He's going to be twenty five. Reminds me a lot of a guy who was protected at the same sort of time, same age, college bat, six three two ten. Two pounds different on the on the what they're listed as. And that's Jordy Mercer. Nah. It reminds a me point. a lot of that. The same same kind of age type thing. Mercer was like a year ahead of him because Triolo didn't have a 2020. So you could have seen the same sort of path. A little bit different. Mercer was more of a shortstop, um, and probably not as good defensive, but. For me, it's like that's what I see. I, the, some of the numbers are pretty similar. Jordy may have had a little bit more pop, but I mean he turned he turned that opportunity into ten years. I mean, if
0: you're protecting thousand somebody thousand that games. turns into an eight year major league player, yeah. <laughs> you
2: probably yeah. made a good decision, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Like he played a, almost a thousand games, six point nine WAR for his career. Like nothing outstanding, but he was a good major league baseball player. Yeah, course. and you could
1: do yeah. worse. I mean, of cor- course, Jordy did that at the major league level, too. So, let you know, I, I, I think it's an interesting comp. Um, am I being swayed a lot here? Probably not. I think it's a little bit cart before the horse for the Pirates with some of the other things that I would be a little bit more concerned about them protecting. But, um, hey, it's, you know, it's it's one guy. Um. Again, if they feel strongly about it, if there is something else in the works, um, like Gary mentioned with Newman, or they feel there will be,
0: okay, I can buy it. I just, I mean, you know. I don't think it's more complicated than they legitimately thought he would get taken and didn't want him to be. And I, I kind of can't disagree. I really do think there would be some takers based on that defensive replacement thing same reason i think there will be takers for kevin newman when they try to trade him so you know we should probably take a quick break come back let's finish up talking about who they got rid of to make room for all these excellent superstars in the making and uh we'll move on from there And we're back to the Pirates fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh sports podcast network, Jim and Josh with me, Gary, and we're going to finish talking about uh, what the Pirates did with the, uh, roll five protections and who they got rid of. Now, uh, we'll probably have to touch on who else we think they should have protected because, uh, let's just say it got heated in the break, <laughs> but, uh, to make room on the 40 man, they, they cut Tyler Heineman. So what Um, they cut Jeremy Beasley, Junior Fernandez, not surprised by either of those. I was a little shocked to see them cut ties with Manny Benuelos, who was good last year. Good. And it leaves them with absolutely no lefties on their 40 man, which makes no sense to me whatsoever, especially considering the fact, you know, they're going to have to go and get some Manny Benuelos was legitimately good you had a success story from the waiver wire I don't understand moving on from him but Jim what did you think of the cuts did any of them really bother you
1: not a ton I mean Benuels somewhat I do think he's I'm the look the way the rosters constructed obviously I thought they'd keep him Um. He surprised me a little last year. Do I think it's necessarily sustainable with him? I, I don't know. Um, I'm not super upset. I I, I think um, fodder is a good word to use. And um, now that we all know what it means, and uh, it, it's just I'm, – I'm okay. I'm, I'm teasing you, Josh. I'm okay with it.
0: I mean, I shouldn't – I'm not turning into the Incredible Hulk over it. But I – I guess for me, when you get somebody better that's going to replace his spot and what he does on the roster, okay, get rid of him. But until then, I just didn't see a purpose in getting rid of him, especially when I feel like they have at least eight or nine other guys I could have easily moved on from instead. That's fair. So, Josh, what did you think? I I saw a lot of head shaking when I I brought up Manny, so –
2: well, I think he's the talk here. I think Junior Fernandez, we knew eventually. Heinemann's a little bit... I think I would have went with Sanchez before Heinemann, but we haven't seen Sanchez, so I get it. Um, Beasley's good. He would have went before Bo Solcer for me, but either way. Uh, but Manny's the thing, and without any left-handed pitchers on the roster is the thing that got me. The fact that he was mostly good for the Pirates and not anywhere else... I thought, that, uh, I thought that he would stick around, but it does kind of raise the question of if they made no adjustments and he just had good fortune, and I don't mean good fortune as if he, I mean, you earn it, right? But if you didn't make any adjustments to get that success, then maybe that's just telling them that they're not confident that it's going to continue. He hasn't been good anywhere else. So, what made him good in Pittsburgh? If they don't know, then chances are he's not going to be good. Now, if they knew, then this this doesn't <clears> make any sense. If they made an adjustment, I can't, I, I, can't I don't know disagree why you agree with that. Yeah. If they made an adjustment, I would say then why why would I let him go?
1: And I think sometimes I just get in the mode of like, and God knows we've seen it in Pittsburgh, is You 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 get a guy, he doesn't look too bad. And then the more he gets exposed and the more he pitches, and then it kind of reverts back to form. And so that's why I didn't get upset with him. Not upset, but – so I I just – you know, is that fair to him? I don't know. It's how I view those types of guys.
0: I just remember a very similar situation, Sam Howard, you know, they brought him in, he was a lefty. I felt like he was gonna be a mainstay in the bullpen for a minute there. He was striking everybody out, he just looked unhittable at times. Yeah. In fact, I was starting to think like, Oh, there's our seventh inning guy, you know, like yeah. Sam Wilson. <laughs> and then Transam Sam, as you like to call him, Jim, fell off RIP. the face of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. He just fell off the face of the earth. And you know, maybe maybe that's the same kind of thing they saw coming with Manny. But even so, um, this all left handed hitters and no left handed pitchers thing with the Pirates is not funny anymore. I mean, it's time <laughs> for them to to figure it out. Um, it's not transition. funny. Me and Jim laughed. <laughs> <laughs> let's transition a little bit into, um, you know, who we think might have been a potential miss, uh, as far as protections go. And again, I don't want this to be like a, a big, uh, we're trying to like stoke fear out there. I don't think it's that, that big of a, of a deal for the most part. Um, the obvious names out there, are, um, Nunez and Gorski and Tanaj Thomas is probably another one. Cody Bolton. I'd say those four are probably where I kind of land on other guys. They could have protected, but I don't think that I need to, take anybody off of the list of people they did protect to, to snag any of them. There's plenty of people we could move on from on the roster. Any of those you, you're really especially concerned are going to get taken? I mean, for me, I think Cody Bolton is, is a guy that I, I could see sticking in a bullpen Tanaj Thomas is a guy I can see people taking a swing at and getting returned Mm. but aside from that Gorski is probably my top concern I personally have him as the third best bat available in the whole league
1: yeah listen you know it, it is it's a roll of the dice especially in a in a in a organization that is still searching for power um, at, at the levels, right? I mean, we, we still... It's still something we, we need to see more of. Um, you know, I worry about pitchers more because I think they're... A, teams are more desperate for it, and B, you can hide them better with Rule 5 stuff. Um, so Bolton, maybe, is a guy... I think you... The, the, the thing you were saying, Gary, the difference is, is like... Bolton could actually probably pitch some meaningful innings if he's healthy, right? He, 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 he might have that ability right now. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Thomas is kind of the opposite. It is where you're trying to find him some very um, non-threatening situations to even try to get him some work.
0: Well, he's, he's a former top 100 prospect. He can mm-hmm. hit triple digits on the gun problem is he's wild thing he doesn't know where it's going a lot of the time but if you get the right pitching coach that thinks they can rein that in and even if they decrease his velocity down to like a 97 98 guy and get him in the zone again um yeah he could be a wicked pitcher for somebody in, in the bullpen but he's a project it's gonna take some work and i i again i think he has a real shot of getting selected And I think Colin Selby would have as well. They're very similar, actually. Um, I do think Selby's further along, but they're very similar. I think either of them could have gotten selected. I think Thomas just doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of sticking on a roster, at least not from what I've seen. So, Josh, what do you think, brother?
2: I think even if Thomas gets selected and and stays with the team, I just think that that's – Eventually, you have to just say, "There's a lot of names here, and I think you're okay losing." I think you're okay losing Tanaj Thomas when you have several others, as far as that kind of stuff goes. If that's something like you said in the break, like be careful with the word worried. But Cody Bolton, for me, I I, I keep going back to the age thing because 25 years old. Like, I think that you know, as far as as far as those things go, like you're you're got to. You got to show up at some point. And I think that that's an age where I think you can make a jump like that. He hasn't pitched since 2019 until this year. And he did it as a starter, but like none of those, none of those were not not a lot of starts, but like as a starter, but even when he started, he wasn't going more than four innings, three, four innings. So they were definitely
0: slow walking him, but. I will say he was a top 10 prospect in this system not very long ago before all the injuries. A lot of people kind of forget that there was a time when he was in front of Mitch Keller and uh, JT Brubaker as far Mm -hmm. as like pecking order for, for starting. I still think that's in there. Uh, As Jim said last week, the whip is still great. I mean, like there, there is something there with that kid. I, I find it hard to believe that everybody will pass on him. The only reason I think think they might is because he has a real health concern issue. But if you can stash him in your bullpen, and I do think he can contribute enough to stick, you get yourself a free starter. And the Pirates, to me, are a team that cannot afford to be giving up starter depth. So that's why I probably would have protected Cody Bolton. (laughs)
2: Yeah, he he was on my list for sure. Um, and, and and that's what I feel as far as Gorski goes, I I think that you, I think you might be okay. His numbers from, from high A to double A where he played basically the same amount of games was huge difference in production. Um, and I don't know if there's something behind that or not, or if it's just the fact that he was so much older than everybody in Greensboro and had what? 17 home runs in Greensboro and six in double A. It's the ballpark too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Big, okay. Fake, so it's a big deal. Factor. But still, so then, you know, you could look at the, at the numbers <clears> possibly <throat> being inflated. But if, I think if other teams see that, and he's also one of the older guys, two AAA plate appearances, I think, I I don't know that he gets picked up either. I, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure his slugging dropped like 300 points from one to the other, which includes doubles and triples when you talk about bigger ballparks too. So I, I don't know. I, I don't I think Cody Bolton to me is is a is a bigger a bigger concern to lose than than Matt Gorski. plus the way Matt Frazier turned into in 2022 you know you, you hope it's not the same for Gorski but it, it very well could be
0: well and Gorski's got that nagging quad injury too it just has not gone away and uh it really limited him. Uh, should have he should have been back on the field a lot earlier as far as their expectations were, and then it recurred, and you know he only got those couple of bats in there. Um, so say that a bunch
2: more, so that the, all the Cardinals guys and other teams guys can hear you say that, so that he doesn't get picked. <laughs> that's, <Yeah>. that's a, <laughs> they're listening, Gary. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, mean, I think I think we're safe for um, teams like the Cardinals trying to pick up an everyday <laughs> yeah, yeah. position player. Um, but we should probably move on now to, um, some guys that we could see being targeted in the roll five draft, because there, there's a lot of decent players out there. There are a lot of people in that same position. We talked about, um, earlier when we, we were saying like, oh, this guy's 24, 25 years old. Well, what, what's old in major league baseball has really changed and COVID did it. COVID screwed this entire 2019 draft class. It really did. So many guys came in and played short season ball and then missed an entire year developed on their own. Some of them did a better job of it than others came back in, in 2021 and teams were either really aggressive and jumped them a, 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 an entire league to like get them back on schedule Or held them back and stayed true to like making them play the entire level. So you had a lot of 23 year olds playing in, in high A and you had a lot of 23 year olds, um, that should have had that high A experience that just got jumped right into double A and failed miserably and fell on their face. So I'm anxious to get COVID out of the way for major league baseball. This roll five draft does that for me. I think, um, I'm anxious to get back to thinking a 25 year old in double a did something wrong because that's not the case right now. You know, you look through these, these lists and it's just recurring. It's every single one of them drafted somewhere in 2019, exactly that, that format over and over and over again. And at some point you kind of just have to realize everybody's playing with the same deck here, you know, so I have some guys identified. I'm going to kind of name them off and talk about them a little bit and we'll banter about, and you guys have some as well. So this should yeah, be fun. I'm,
1: I'm interested to hear your, who you guys picked as well. So,
0: yeah. So I'll start with pitchers. Cause I think that's again, really where you target for the most part. Right. Yeah. So my favorite pitcher that's available right now is Eric Miller from Philadelphia. He was Philly's fourth-round selection in 2019. He's currently their number seven prospect, and they left him unprotected. Um, He's a big boy, 6'5", 240 pounds, and (laughs) he's got a three-pitch mix, uh, fastball, curve, slider. Uh, He's been a starter, but he's probably going to transition to the bullpen. Uh, He's just a horse. I think he can hit. 97 to 98 on the gun if you put him in the bullpen and his slider is just wipe out stuff. Um, 2022 in double A 223 ERA 116 whip 44 K's in only 36 innings. Triple A wasn't nearly as kind to him but it's a really really small sample size only 12 innings. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah I think he's probably my top target, left-hander too.
1: Yeah, what lefty was big. Lefty was big with him. I and you know, going back to like when we talk about things like Banuelos, is um, yeah, I'd rather take a shot at a, a guy like this, you know. And then granted, it doesn't have to be a one-for-one, one and I and I I get that, and I think everybody hopefully understands that. Well,
0: we're going to sign Taylor Rodgers too. Yeah, uh, well, of it. course, of course, yeah. uh, wonder, I've no.
1: got my FanDuel bet in on it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's easy money in Pittsburgh, but, uh, no, like, so I, I, I like, I like guys like that. I think he's obviously uh, a need. He was one of my pitchers that I had on there too.
0: See, I'm glad we actually have some overlap cause I don't feel crazy.
2: Yeah. I was, sure. I was looking at him too. I noticed that he, uh, you know, because you said about moving him to the bullpen, and it seemed like that's what they did. He only made seven starts of his twenty in Double A, something like that. I think it was twenty, right? And so then I, I don't think he started, one. but it was a small sample in AAA, like you said. I
0: got another pitcher, unless one of you guys wants to jump in with one. Go, go! Let let me hear another one so that I can see if you. All right, I the really, I really like this guy too, Moises Lugo from San Diego. He's he's already a relief pitcher. They transitioned him there to kind of try to accelerate his path a little bit. And uh, plus, he only has two pitches. He's never really been able to develop a third one. But he's got a 60-grade fastball and a 50-grade slider. So pretty good stuff. Um, In 2022, he pitched in 39 games. All of them were relief except for one. 72.2 innings pitched total era was 322 97 Ks <laughs> and a 125 whip he hits 93 to 97 on the gun and I you know without that third pitch I think he struggles against lefties but another big boy too so I mean like I I like him he's right-handed but that's somebody that you could think about throwing in the pen
1: that's a good name man i I missed him
0: josh he really josh.
2: hasn't had a bad year <coughs> no he's 19 been good. 21 and, and 22 all good uh I looked all over san Diego because I don't think they protected anyone that yeah, roster is full so I think that they just ran out of options there and so yeah that's that's good i I did look at him I, I didn't put him down but
1: let let me throw out. So let's let's. I like the pit. I like the pitching part of this. So let's stick with that. Let me give you guys a name. And he's not sexy, but there's something. The more I look at him, I'm like, I think this dude is just a is just a pitcher. And he was affected by COVID, and then he had Tommy John surgery. Um thaddeus ward you the the devil. devil okay okay yeah, so I like got the more- that's the only okay. one i actually wrote down <laughs> okay so like the more you look at him like he wasn't highly drafted or touted but all the dude is has done is is pitch really well he, he was like their uh he won the minor league pitcher of the year award in his first full season um then COVID happened then Tommy John has happened. He's still their fifteenth rated best prospect, but then he came back and looked pretty good again uh,
0: late last year. Two twenty so, eight like, ERA and fifty one point one innings pitched with sixty six strikeouts and a one fifteen WHIP.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like he won't blow anybody away with like his fastball, it, but I, you know, um, I think there's some maybe a little bit more room for improvement there as he gets further past Tommy John. But I think he's got like a good three picks, Mitch, or three, five, five Th- pitches. yeah. But I'm saying like as far as like super reliable, yeah. Like I, I just think that like that's a guy that I, you know, I would seriously take a look at because he doesn't blow you away by looking at like size or his pedigree or anything. But all he's done yeah. is pitch really well.
0: He's actually very similar to Cody Bolton in that. You know, he, injuries and and COVID have really screwed up his path, but he's got a very mature mix. Like I said, he's got five pitches. He really only uses four of them, the curveball he never throws, um, except it's like a show-me pitch every once in a while. But I, I really, really like Thad Ward. I, I really do. I have him as my number two pitcher on the board. So, Josh, you wrote him down too. What do you think?
2: I did. I, th- I, th- I think all of that. Um, the, the two seem in the mid to upper eighties with, with sink on it. I think that's good for PNC park. If you're looking at that sort of thing, but with a good slider as well. I mean, if you put him in the bullpen, he probably only needs those two pitches and then throw something else every once in a while. So I don't really care. His the numbers are pretty
0: developed. So that okay, be, okay. that's something you'd want to keep. And the, uh, the slider is the only one that scouts had as uh, potential to become a plus pitch.
1: So, yeah, I think- yeah. And, it, and as long as that change up is there and comes along a little bit when you're not blowing, blowing it by guys, um, that's something to keep an eye on. And, you know, we get so caught up in, you know, looking for these 6'6", six, six, 240 type hosses. Sometimes can you pitch?
0: He looks like he can pitch, so he mm-hmm. caught my eye. I do like him. I really do. Good pull. everybody. I'm glad when we agree again, because the consensus makes me first of all, like I should just say this is, I trust these baseball minds here. Like, so (laughs) like when, when Jim and Josh kind of independently, we all go off in our own corners and come back and pick like, you know, one name that we all kind of saw at the same. To me, that's like affirmation. Like, right, (laughs) it's it's a little reassuring
1: that you're not like searching for something, you know.
0: So, I got one more pitcher here. Okay, Jaden Murray from Houston. Um, he he got traded by the Rays at the deadline last year and part of a three team deal. Ends up in Houston. Um, 25 years old, right hander, throws a fastball, change up slider. Um, he's known as a strike thrower. 67% of his pitches find the strike zone and he doesn't sacrifice the, the swing and miss for that. He's really been effective. Uh, 22 games with one relief appearance last year. He posted a 350 ERA and 108 innings pitched, 99 Ks and a whip of 121. Um, if he's selected, you know, he's not going to start but he is a starter. So you you would expect most of his velocity numbers to be able to go up a little bit. He already can hit 96, 97 on the gun. You would expect that to go up a little bit. The changeup and slider are very evolved. Uh, I like him a lot. So that's a guy, again, right-handed, but somebody that I would be really interested in taking a swing at as well. Well, especially
1: when you get into organizations like... Houston or you know if, if we're talking Houston or the Dodgers or whatever guys can kind of get lost in the mix a little bit I mean
0: well this would to, be a guy that Dewey Robinson knows really well he literally right only went mm-hmm. to Houston in, in, in August so it's
1: yeah it's just yeah it's it's like they get they get kind of bumped down a, a, a little bit as soon as they enter an organization just because I mean hey these organizations do a good job yeah absolutely
2: so we said what we said about age does that if, if this is a guy that you're saying he is a starter and he's 25 uh, he'll be 26 next year is that anything that you pause at to say okay if he's going to be 26 and I'm trying to just put him in the bullpen for now and then are you trying to stretch him out in triple A as a 27 year old is that is there any pause there
0: Personally, if I pick a guy up in the roll five draft, I've given up on thinking he's going to be anything but a bullpen guy. I'm not picking okay. up a starter in the roll five draft.
2: Okay, you and mentioned I, he's a starter, uh, and I—that's uh, what—that's what kind of made me question that. Well, a little
0: bit. I, I say that so that the stats are understandable. When I say okay. he only pitched 22 games um, and 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 108 innings, I want to make sure everybody understands that's stretched out over. You know, yeah. going deep into ball games, and it's there if you really wanted to use it. But I don't even think the Pirates are at a point where they could bring in a Rule Five player and insert them into their rotation. So yeah, that's uh, a, that's no, a, that's yeah, a,
1: that's a tough, tough ask. Let me, let me just say this too about like when we talk about these ages, fair or not, accurate or not, just this is just the way I I look at it is like I tend to be a little bit more forgiving about ages on pitchers because I feel like as, as pitchers go and sometimes their development uh, can be later and I'm a little more harsh on it with the, with the offensive side of things. So that's just how I, that's just how I approach it. And it's splitting hairs, but I, I, I am willing to give a little bit more leeway on the pitching side. So
0: fair as a Pirates fan, um, I've said this before, but as a Pirates fan, I don't know why anybody gives a crap about the ages of anybody. They're not going to keep them anyway. Old, like until they're, they're not like if they start when they're 27, who cares? So, so they'll be traded when they're 32. <laughs> like it doesn't matter at all. You know, You're not, you're not keeping them until they're 37 anyway. You know what I mean? So it doesn't yeah. matter. Their prime years are just, they're, they're here. So what? Like it I would doesn't just matter to me. There
2: any more development left in a 27 year old. Typically there could be, I just mean typically, but th- that's a good point though, as far as pitchers and the, the fact that some of them can, some of them can actually figure things up, fi- figure things out later when they well, figure start, out. Let's yeah. start talking, talking about hitters more.
0: then with a 27 year old <laughs> to make Jim happy. So I have one. <laughs> I, I do think this guy's got a good shot to get selected. If you, if you, bring, up Julio,
1: if you bring up Julio Franco right now, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving. So, <laughs> although, although he could probably still hit about 216. Oh, I,
0: I actually just saw a clip of him. Um, probably hitting, raking, hitting at a Dominican uh, instructional league and has that same swing, which I don't even know how you could do at his age anymore. <laughs> and he was popping balls over one armed.
1: incredible yeah And there's all these
0: like 16 year old kids in the prime of their life staring at him like i can't believe that like what he's doing right now
1: that's awesome
0: but uh, the first guy he just happens to be 27 years old jake mangum from Mm -hmm. uh the new york mets uh i have him as the fourth best hitter available and um he'll be 27 by opening day he's not 27 right now um drafted in the fourth round back in 2019. Um, Boy, man, any college kid that got drafted in 2019 is just screwed. There's just no no other way about it.
1: Yeah, kind of sucks for a lot of kids. Yeah,
0: and he struggled to stay healthy on top of that. Um, The OPS has been okay, 760 for his career, batting average rest for his career at 284. He doesn't strike out a ton. He draws a decent amount of walks. Plays pretty good defense in all the outfield spots. Not a lot of power there. Um, you know, unless you believe doubles turn into homers, which, you know, it hasn't happened for everybody named Hayes. I mean, any, everybody. <laughs> and, um, nasty tweets are incoming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to cherry pick, you know, in AAA last year in 148 played appearances, he hit 333 OPS of 836. So, Good chance he's coming along. He's a switch hitter. Better averages a right-handed stick than a lefty. So, the defense and the stick being a little bit capable, he's a guy you could see somebody taking a swing at and and trying to stash as a utility-type player, probably. What do you
1: think? Yeah. I I, I, I saw him. I didn't didn't put him on my list, but... uh, he was somebody that I considered. I don't know that there's He's probably a, a, a safer pick to actually per, give you a little production. Um, but I'm I okay feel like he's him.
0: very Badoo. Like that's why I, okay. I picked him. He's mature. Yeah. I felt like he could probably come in and, and help a team that really just was looking for lightning in a bottle from somebody um, he's never going to get a chance as a Met. I'm sure they probably don't even care if he gets picked. You know what I mean? Um, right. But this he's, he's somebody op- that I identified.
2: Yeah. It's their way of giving him an opportunity.
0: Yeah, it probably is, actually. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's one guy. I have Matt Gorski on my list. I'm not going to regale <laughs> you guys with with my love pick, <laughs> no, pick him, Matt Gorski. No, no. I, I have him on the list because I want people to understand where I feel he falls in relation to the other hitters. And to <clears> me, I have him as like the third best hitter out there. So, um, Dominic Kenzone from Arizona is an outfielder, twenty-five years old, left-hander. He's drafted in the eighth round back in twenty nineteen. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. A little bit. He's performed every step of the way in the minor leagues. He's earned production or earned promotions like in, in the middle of seasons. And um, he spent the majority of his time in 2022 in AAA. So he's somebody that, you know, he should be just about ready. But numbers don't lie. So let me give you the numbers because I was impressed by him. In 331 at-bats, Kenzone hit 16 home runs with a 284 average and an OPS of 838, K rate's not horrible. He draws walks, plays all three outfield positions. If you add up all of his stops in 2022, he hit 22 home runs. And uh it's not really an outlier. His career OPS is 893. And he's he's displayed power at every stop. So Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the on base in, in AAA too was is was three forty nine. So this is the guy that I had on my list too, and uh, you know, hey, I'm not kidding. Let's not overlook the fact that he played twenty six games at first base in Reno this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we gotta the last say thing it.
0: The funny thing is, the last thing the Pirates need is another left hander.
2: I know, and, but-, but
0: that's what that's the best that's out there is these lefties. So.
2: And yeah, again, and- I
0: didn't. I didn't come up with this list with a pirate's focus necessarily. It was just who I thought were the best <laughs> bats out there.
2: Sure. Well, I actually did, and I'll double down on that in the fact that he's an Ohio State guy, grew up uh, near Cleveland, which means he's been out on the West Coast for a long time. Get him a little close to home. I believe in the human element of things too. Um, I, I, I just, I think that maybe he's. A guy, you take a shot on. What's the worst case scenario? You offer him back. He can go play with Colt Tucker again. But best <laughs> case scenario, best case scenario, that all it does is give you. We've talked about this. You and I have talked about this before. You don't have a bunch of uh, you don't have a bunch of prospects to make sure that they all play. Sometimes you deal from that, and if you have a surplus of left-handed outfielders, then maybe you know something goes if something clicks with this guy. Or maybe you just send him back. Like, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah, I mean. Because that's what I did. The reason I say
2: that. Yeah, I'll I'll say this. The reason I say that is because I kept looking through this list and saying, left-handed, don't care. Left-handed, don't care. And then I was like, man, they're all left-handed. I have to start caring at some (laughs) point. Is there anybody here? Yeah, I did the same thing. I
1: really tried to pay attention to it. just, Just because it's so ridiculously lopsided i even when i was forgetting about it i was making myself pay attention to it so
0: <laughs> i got one more okay all right And he, this is probably my oh uh, this would be my like you really 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 want to try as hard as you can to find somebody that can become a top end talent all right all right. But I don't think he's there yet. Malcolm New- oh, To wait, me, no. he is my favorite <laughs> hitter available. Ryan Ward, corner outfielder, second baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, he's in A Tulsa. He's 24 years old. Um, he primarily plays left field. I know that other stuff's listed, but he's been in left field for the most part. He was uh, selected in the eighth round of 2019. He's only 5'11", Jim. You talked about getting away from that stereotypical, prototypical, got to have the big beast guy. Sure. He's a lefty, as we've talked about multiple times. (laughs) But he's displayed consistent power. In 2021, he had 439 at-bats and strokes 27 home runs in his uh, high A season with an OPS of 876. Last year in Tulsa, four hundred and fifty nine at bats, twenty eight home runs, and an eight oh five OPS. That sounds pretty consistent to me. His issue is with many sluggers; he strikes out a ton.
1: <laughs> how many? And, I'm curious because my and, guy, the guy I've got, that that's that's his problem too. But how many
0: in 2021? 118 times
1: in 2022?
0: 116 times. Okay. Um. Thing is, he doesn't walk all that often either. The power is more than real; it's tested. But to make his mark in MLB, he's obviously going to have to stop to, to stop striking out, or the OPS is just going to crash. It, if you want a pirate, my guy's going to look
1: like Stevie Wonder <laughs> compared to him. So, if, if
0: you want a pirate <laughs> spin on it, though, uh, I see Jack Sawinski. Um. And I know Jack Sawinski's power didn't really emerge until he got um, a little higher up in the San Diego system. But before making the leap to MLB, this is exactly where Jack Sawinski was double A, doing this sort of thing, and came up. And, you know, he's pretty much a lock to be a starter next year in the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, major league roster, hitting home runs and striking out a ton. So there's no reason a guy like this can't do the same thing. Um, I, I do like the kid and this potential. I wish that he could get the strikeouts under control, but I think with his frame, he's never going to be able to because he's always going to have to swing the way he does. It's interesting. Like this is kind
1: of like the Achilles heel with a lot of these these hitters, right? Is the, is yeah. the, the high strikeout title. so Let's uh, let, <laughs> let just me re- just. Just to throw this
2: in there, I didn't have anything on him. I saw Gary tweet about him, so I just left him alone, figuring I'd hear all about him. Uh, (laughs) 25, that's a 25% K rate. So it's not, you know, we're not talking Mason Martin. (laughs) Few are. That's why he's not going to get selected either. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, 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 no. no. What I'm saying is like, you know, 25% K rate is is not, it's not, we're not talking over 30 in in AAA. You know what I mean? We're, we're. You know, but still 25, percent. not talking a, yeah.
0: triple A at all, conspicuously. That's that's kind of the downside there. He, oh, you don't yeah, no you're right against that higher competition. And yeah, he's somebody that I, I could see taking a swing at if you really just had an extra spot, mm. but he's nobody that you could just stick in in your lineup every day and, and hope he's gonna stick around. And if you put <laughs> him, you him take- on the bench, he's not gonna do anything.
2: Not if you take Canzoni for, in the first round, right? <laughs> so that's what I
0: got, Jim. You said you got another guy. Uh, I
1: got one guy. You know, it's 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 probably it's too it's too big of a a, a risk. But I the more I looked at him, I liked the, the kid. Um, this this Jose Ramos from the Dodgers. He's their number eight prospect, right? Think yeah. about think about the Dodgers and all their riches. Like number eight prospect who just completed single way and hit twenty five homers and ninety seven RBIs and um, had an OPS of eight. Uh, it was up in the eights. Uh, almost slu- a four seventy nine slugging percentage. Problem is with him. Strikes out a ton, and I mean a ton. He had like a hundred and fifty nine strikeouts across know. single A, but but he almost walked sixty times. So, like to me, there's something there where, like, and he's twenty one, and he's getting passed up by a lot of hitters in their organization, right? So, I mean, there there is some serious potential with that guy. He, he's an outfielder. think he plays two different outfield spots um like i said like if the walks weren't there with those kind of strikeouts but i i mean i think like that that's a guy that like i couldn't not look away from whenever i was looking at who the dodgers didn't protect because i immediately went to the dodgers and said who didn't they protect i (laughs) want to know it's like dating you're like when you're dating at first you're like they're they're too good what's wrong with them <laughs> so that's what I was that's what I was doing with some of these guys
2: i mean 36% k rate i know a, it was I know. One, it was 169 for i season. know man it was
1: six. okay so like but yeah but like he 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 walks a little so yep.
2: I, mean, I just think that like you can work with that right so yeah. and he's a bit he's kind of a baby 340 on base. It was 818. Was the OPS I, okay. I pulled it. I pulled it up while you were talking. So
0: not bad. Yeah. See, I mean, there are some there are some nuggets out there every year, and I love doing this stuff. So uh, pardon us for geeking out a little bit, but I love doing this stuff. And because Josh is on the show, we're of course going to have an extra long episode because that's what always <laughs> happens with with Josh's episodes. So let's take a quick break. We come back. We'll do the the quick hitters. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Josh, Jim, Gary, and we are going to do some quick hitters because there has been a lot of little newsy things this week, and I just wanted to kind of start with some of them. And The first one I'm going to start with is this little impromptu, what was reported as a season ticket holder meeting that the Pirates (laughs) threw was actually a meeting of people that had recently canceled their season tickets um it was only about 20 people so this was i think you know for them to see why people were canceling their season tickets because they're the only people that don't understand why somebody doesn't want to watch what they're putting on the field um (laughs) what could it what could it possibly be well, they had a I lot of questions. <laughs> they had a lot of questions, you know, thrown at them. There were no reporters there, which has made some reporters rather salty. But to be honest, I'm never going to get on the team for wanting to communicate with with their fan base. And um, I like that they're trying to, to to find out what people are looking for, especially people that like just last year decided to get fed up. Okay, because. If you're the Pirates, you just put on the field O'Neill Cruz, probably the most exciting player you've brought up here since, uh, McCutcheon, I would say, or Sorry. Marte, maybe. And, uh, you're probably asking yourself, okay, I'm showing you a little evidence here. Why now? You didn't cancel after 2020. You didn't cancel after 2021. Now you canceled. Why? And I, I like that. So, You know, the few people that were there, they claimed to ask certain things. They claimed that certain things were said. I don't think we have any kind of verification for that. I don't know the people personally, so I can't sit here and tell you they're trustworthy. But I find it hard to believe that Travis Williams stood up there and straight up said that they wanted to win 83 games next year. (laughs) That seems oddly specific. Um. I do believe that they said they want to win and get better next year. I've heard Ben Charrington say that a hundred times over now. We've even heard him with the G man Choi acquisition say that he wants to get better. This is the first move, Mm -hmm. meaning like there's going to be more. Um, Overall, what did you guys think of that whole event? is this something that the pirates stepped in it a little bit or did you like it? And Jim, I'll let you start. Cause you're usually really, really, <laughs> I think critical of, of their communication. I, I would think this would be something you would like that they're trying to do, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah. You know, I tend to, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm a big communication guy. So like, and kind of saying what needs to be said. Um, and that's just, my Pittsburgh upbringing, I suppose. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like that they did it. I think it's a big miss not to have someone there that can kind of, uh, from the media just to be able to correctly kind of, uh, disseminate information that came out of it because this is what ends up happening, right? You get a bunch of amateurs, um, that are desperate to be known for pirate stuff. And they start saying things that might not even be accurate. So I don't have a problem with them doing it. I just don't know why you wouldn't invite the media. You're, you're, you know, I, th- I think it would be looked at as a good thing. And then you can, then you can accurately get out what was there and what was said. Um, yeah, there's
0: no reason that you can't invite the media and just tell them, you know, you know, you're not here to ask questions. This is for the fans. We want to answer their questions. We just want you here to record it. That's all. Right.
1: Yeah. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be like you're opening the floor to the media to then start questioning, you know, things. And, you know, no one knows who Travis Williams is anyway. So like, you know, we're not, (laughs) there's not some big loss on that end. Um, I just think that's the part
0: that was missed. And um, that's the only issue I had with it. I mean, but Josh, if you want to talk about the Pirates taking something seriously, you know they're taking it seriously when Ben Charrington, Derek Shelton, Travis Williams, and Greg Brown are all in the same room to talk to people. They're taking it seriously. (laughs) So it feels like they maybe fell a little short not inviting a media member just to document it. Or do you think it's better that they just kept it behind a curtain?
2: I, I don't know if I'd comment whether it's better or worse. I think my angle with this is I wonder if in their thought process, not saying this was successful or or not, but could it be in their thought process to say, well, if we invite the media, then everybody sitting there says, you're going to say whatever you want them to write anyway. So do you, do you under, like, do you, do you think that there's a level of, Hey, if we can be in this room together, can we create some sort of transparency between me and you where we're not asking, we're not saying what we want written down right now. Let's just talk. This is me and you. We're not getting anyone else involved. And I, I don't know if that lands. I don't know if I still trust you. <laughs> You're still going to just try to get me to buy tickets but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. if that's their thought process, because if you're on their side of things, you're looking for something to say, how do we get some sort of, uh, um, for, for lack of a better word, intimacy with some of our fans that, that, that it's not just a show today?
0: I mean, that word was going through my head too, intimacy, that and fodder. Cause I think of that every time you talk now, <laughs> but no, but intimacy was going through my head at the same time, because I think that's a great point you made. Maybe they didn't want anybody putting on a show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If that makes sense. Um, it's a fair
1: observation.
0: Yeah. Maybe it was more like, you know, uh, for instance, uh, you know, Bob Nutting makes a public appearance and somebody wears a smarmy t-shirt and takes a picture with them and turns it into a meme. Whereas had he just met that guy in, in the luxury box and, you know, there's no picture taken. They probably have a nice conversation and that's it. Right. So maybe they didn't want any grandstanding. And, and I could see that being, you know, one guy has a meltdown on Ben Charrington and that's the entire story that comes out of it. Maybe that's not yeah. what they wanted the takeaway to be. That's sure. So it's a good point by you. But I take that as an initial comment, because either way, what came out of it was, you know, that quote from Travis Williams that I, 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 again, I don't think anybody can verify. And and I'm not calling you a liar, whoever you are, who said that, because honestly, it it may have been said, I I just, we can't verify it. So I'm not going to run with it like it's, it's gospel. What we can say is that Ben Charrington has repeatedly said he wants to get better next year. That contrasts with with punt. You know, we hear that a lot, too. G-Man Choi is a real Major League Baseball player that they brought in to play first base. That's better than they did last year. I like that, at least as far as like moving the ball forward. We'll obviously see what else they did. We've already talked about not having any lefties on the roster. We don't have any catchers right now besides Ollie Sanchez. Obviously, they have work to do. How do you feel about Ben Charrington right now? We're entering our fourth year. Has your opinion changed? Are you just as excited? Do you like the plan? Where are you at, Josh? I mean, I listen to your show. You're very even keeled you don't tend to like have any real hard opinions on anything, but I just, (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, you tend to like see things from both sides. That's why we like you so much, honestly, because that's the way we think too. But just shut all that off and be a fan. What do you see?
2: Do you like it? Okay. Shut it all off. Be a fan in Pittsburgh. He sucks. We got to win games. (laughs) (laughs) um i I, I i don't want to do a shameless plug here but um i encourage anyone who really wants to know my detailed answer to this to go back and and watch uh watch our show from the two shows ago world series over welcome to the off season um I had a lot of numbers that I had written down. Jake wasn't there that week. So I had the floor. (laughs) So I went on it. And I got to say that when you look things up, I really, first off, I I hate doing it because I, I think that people need to be held accountable. And Sherrington himself says we need to execute. 2020 was not ideal. That's exactly when he took over. He didn't have much of a, He didn't have much of a a visual on his players in a 60-game season. And he had to just start moving on things. But I looked back at the Astros rebuild. I looked back at where Baltimore just landed this year. Baltimore's rebuild, their 2022 season, technically is the Pirates' 2024 season. I expected this thing at the beginning to go quicker than that. But when you look at reality, Cleveland did this many years ago, and their front office hasn't changed in over 10 years. Uh, they've got promotions, but the names are still all the same. And, I mean, I'm telling you, it's four years of 90-plus losing for most of those teams. It's not three. And so if this season is bad, it still doesn't, like, I might be a more upset about it, but it still really doesn't change that they could still be on track and i expected it to be a little different i expected 23 to be what baltimore just experienced but the the facts and the track record of other teams who are doing what they did with this massive overhaul everybody wants to say the rebuild started back in 2016 it didn't Sherrington took over in 2020 it's a brand new rebuild you can't you can't do that like it's it's a different team yeah altogether. but that's for
0: that's for a yark and james littleton fight down the road
2: <laughs> we'll get <laughs> into yeah. that
0: conversation the, next yeah. week.
2: So the thing for me is is uh, I you know obviously I want it to be better. We want our team to be good, flat out. Yeah. But I'm just not ready to say it's a failure yet when you you have to let it work its course. Houston's shown that when it works its course it can be good. Now granted they spend a lot more money, but Cleveland's been at this for 10 years. If they take a step back at this point, it's barely a step back.
0: True, Jim, what do you think, man? Where are you at with with Ben Sherrington? We're entering year four?
1: Well, you know everything that Josh says makes makes sense um, uh, about the timeline um, about where other teams did it, how they did it, how long um, and that's that's fine. but the two biggest things for me are I don't mind. Well, I do mind waiting, <laughs> yeah. but I, 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 I wouldn't if it meant what it meant to, you know, the Astros um, or seemingly the path that Baltimore is on right now, even, but I need to then be able to look in the system and go, where are the impact players that are going to do those things? And so then I start getting a little worried. Uh, because I think you do need a couple absolute studs, stars to do it, I think. So then I worry because I don't know that I see that lining up with what Houston did. And so O'Neal Cruz is such a big wild card right now. Uh, I hate to put so much on this kid, but let's be realistic. I mean, we, we need him to, to to be the guy. Um, And I think he could be. I just worry that I don't see enough of that impact impact talent. I think there's good depth in the organization. Uh, I wasn't blown away by a lot of the production last year in the the minors. Uh, So that's where I'm at. It worries me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd have to say I feel like it's still on track. Um, I was never really wowed by the hire to begin with. Uh, he's not the guy that I wanted. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't, I guess for me, he, I didn't give him credit for the championship because he did it in, on, on a team that could spend to the moon and back. And uh, I didn't see it as the same kind of situation he would be entering here. And uh, I think that's kind of, well, and I think that's kind of playing out. I think he's learning on the job a little bit. Which is why um, I think maybe the system hasn't come along as quickly as some of us wanted it to. And it's not translating to the majors as quickly because he has uh, probably discounted how long it was going to take some of these talents to develop. And losing a lot of 2020 didn't help. You know, I, I think that really did hurt that process a little bit. You might be talking about somebody like, uh, Nick Gonzalez being ready now or Quinn Priester being ready now, you, you know, it, instead of ready sometime this season. So there is a little bit of a difference there. All in all, I'm relatively satisfied. I guess my major thing with, with Ben Charrington is I don't think it had to be this painful on the way there. That's mm-hmm. all. I don't yep. think you need to leave holes the way that they, they have. And I don't think you need to constantly try to patch them with, with freebies. I think you can go out and get some some major league baseball players at a really economical price, fill your roster out, not embarrass the fans, give your kids a little bit of a crutch when they do get here of major league experience. So I think that's some of the mistakes that I've seen. And what they've done to uh, the pitching staff uh, over the course, I think it's regulating now. I think we'll see the dividends <clears> this year. But, um, what they did to the pitching staff in the last three years, to me, um, was just detrimental to the cause, to be honest with you. <laughs> so
1: well, you, you know the, uh, the only other thing I was going to add is just uh, just from uh, what has always struck me is that, and you, you touched on it briefly is just like that it had to be this bad to to, to do what you wanted to do. And you know it's a very um, it's a very differing look at things when they want to have things celebrating the history of the pirates, with you know uh, their inductions of players and celebrating the past, and you're willing to just totally toss seasons in the toilet. Yeah. At, at the same time, you're you're trying to celebrate those things and. You know, it's just something simple, as simple as, like, I think the Pirates next year can fall under 500 as a franchise for wins and losses for their whole organizational history. And, you know, that stuff in a sport where numbers matter and used to matter a lot, that should matter, you know, and it's almost like we view or teams now view these and especially like the Pirates. It's just totally
0: disposable seasons. Well, kind of to man, bring it back. I just, I just hate that. Kind of to bring it back full circle. There they are having a meeting with ex-season ticket holders, asking, "Why did you quit?" And the answer is painfully obvious. That's that's to me the the, the funniest thing of the whole thing. The answer is right in front of you. If last year you had gotten Quintana and another qualified starting pitcher and bolstered the bullpen a little bit and got more than just Roberto Perez to play catcher and nobody else, knowing what your depth was like in the minors, you probably have a better season. You probably don't lose a hundred games. You ain't gonna win a hundred either. But you maybe don't embarrass yourselves. You know, and and, and i'm sorry the draft pick ain't worth it especially with with the lottery it's just that that stuff's gone now so i mean there's a lot of in playing with o'neill cruz bring him up like you know next year bring Andy up just forget about all that crap and play try to win i think that's all that we're saying is try to win and that's the thing you don't see that's what's frustrating
2: we got to end the the show at some major league roster for sure has (laughs) the major league roster for sure has been ignored to a point where it didn't have to be
0: absolutely so hey happy thanksgiving everybody um this show will be the last one that airs before thanksgiving uh we will be recording another one before thanksgiving though probably jim so yep um but this one will be the last one that airs before then so happy turkey day everybody don't fight over politics don't talk about them nope. just sit there and eat your turkey and your stuffing and shut the f up
1: Or so your, ba- your
0: honey baked ham honey baked ham
1: yes oh jim Come hey on. listen i've already started Hi. the mac i already started the mac and cheese you debate did. We might have to finish that on air. I don't know later. Another yeah, show. But like I, th- I think
0: that's a good idea. But we should thank Josh Booth for joining us. Josh. Yes. Thanks a lot, man. It's always a good time when you're on the show, man.
2: Thanks buddy. Thanks for having me. Glad I could make you run long.
0: <laughs> and man, Make sure you check out his show. Um, between this and his show, you've got over two and a half hours of pirates content. So go ahead and, <laughs> and check it out. It's uh bridge to bucktober you can find it on youtube or spotify or anywhere that you find this show um check it out give him give him a follow on twitter too bridge to bucktober and uh good stuff everybody else i think that's it let's let ben take it away huh
1: get out of here